Kathy Motlasana on SAFM. We continue the conversation on the talking point. Frank, there actually has been a has been residents in a municipality that have taken the issue of water provision to court. I'll get you the name, but it was a big case. And like you said, president setting. And can you believe it? Despite it's a community out in Limpopo, despite what the court actually found and the court orders that were issued, the municipality still didn't uh, supply water. Uh, and yeah, I'll give you the name of that community. Uh, I promise before the show is over, I just need to remind myself of, of some of the details around it again. Well, let me welcome Anne Gitugu Shongwe, who is the representative for UN Women's South Africa Multi-Country Office onto the show. We're talking about Equal Pay. Saturday was International Equal Pay Day. Uh, says Anne, good morning to you. Thanks for your time today. Good morning, Kathy. Well, wonderful. Thank you for having me. for having me here today. So, the conversation around equal pay has been a long-standing one. How has it evolved under COVID nineteen? Well, thank you, um, Kathy. I think the first thing is that you know we've had many conversations about equal pay and how unequal it is everywhere in the world. Um, but I think what what needs to be understood is why it is unequal. You know, what is what is the what is what are the drivers of this unequal pay, um, and that will help us to inform how this may have changed and impacted by COVID nineteen. So the first thing is that um, the, the gender pay gap really is an expression of persistent and systemic uh, inequalities in the world of work. And so let me just give you an example. One of the biggest things that we 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 actually see is that the world of work and, and, and HR and labor policies are designed around certain assumptions. That assumption is that men are the providers and women are the supporting actors, you know? So women are the are homemakers. And so when we structure pay, we're thinking in our minds that the men are the ones who have to earn a lot and the woman will supplement his income. So that's the first sort of... Uh, a discriminatory um, um, assumption from in the, in the first instance. Uh, the second one is the type of um, jobs, the sort of structure of the job market, where women in general will enter in a, a lower-end job market because of traditional roles, you know. So it's a social role, it's admin role, secretarial, you know, coming from that sort of history, whereas men would be coming into more external engineering and, you know, and so already even the way those are structured in terms of pay is lower. So you enter already at a lower level. The third big assumption that's already discriminatory is what we call the motherhood penalty. And the motherhood penalty is in essence is that, you know, many women will take some time off to, um, to, to, to produce for our society. Right. Um, and even though it is, you know, an act of, 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 of nature and of society and that men are involved in it, women take the time off, but they also kind of get punished for it. Uh, they get punished for it because, um, you know, the, 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 um, your salary is, is designed around time spent in a role, right? So you take five months or six months off, or if you're lucky, even more. Uh, and each time you do that, the, the, the assumption is that your value actually has gone down. So you already have this unequal, discriminatory structure of the world of work in the first instance. And, and then the next thing that happens is that, uh, Kathy, I don't know when you, uh, when you, when you joined uh, um, you know, your, your current 
position, whether they asked you for your old salary slip, your last salary slip. Uh, most people are asked for their previous salary slip. And when you ask for your previous salary slip, what happens is that if you're a woman and you started in a low, low-paying job, then the likelihood is that even if you're going into a CEO job, you've never really caught up to where men have been who have entered at a higher level. And so instead of being remunerated for what you are going to work for, you know, for work of equal value, you're remunerated for your history. So you're discriminated against even at that level. And so what happened, though, is that during COVID-19, women who have been the main caregivers in the household, many of them mothers, have, have suffered even more uh, from having to make decisions about whether to continue working because they have to take care of the children who are at home going to school. Um, and so that affected a lot of women who lost their jobs, who had to push back from their businesses. Um, and in South Africa, two-thirds of the job losses were, were, were women. So the impact, not just in terms of equal pay, but in terms of the world of work itself, um, was very significant. Um, but what we've seen is just a continuation of the, the you know, the, this persistent inequality mm. where women are earning anywhere between 60 to, to 70% um, for every, every, every rand that a man earns. This issue of motherhood is often hard to, um, you know, to try and, and fully extrapolate because I think the ways in which we are socialized um, put the ex- puts the expectation on women to take it as part of their stride, you know. So um, if you are a woman, there's an expectation that chances are you will be a mother. And if you are a mother, then chances are you will have to do what comes with motherhood. And in fact, you should celebrate that. This is not something to be moaning about. So when you describe motherhood, you know, you describe it as the motherhood penalty. How much of how 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 much of that is the way in which it is seen uh, broadly by society, and is it a difficult idea to get by in from society on? I, as a as a woman, you don't have to sell you don't have to sell it to me as an idea. I hear you one hundred percent, and in fact, you know, you obviously have to think. Okay, if I want to start a family, that means I'm not working for this long, and you know, do I actually really want to do that? Those are the conversations that women in my generation have with each other. But I don't know what the broader buy-in in society is. Well, I mean, you know, of course, penalty is 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 used because it's it's used in reference to this equal unequal pay issue. Uh, of course, um, you know, I'm a mother of three, and it is you know the greatest gift on earth to be able to 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 mother and and raise children. But I think what has become important is that society we're now beginning to shift from thinking motherhood to parenting. And when I say that, is that even the labor laws change from maternity leave to paternal leave. And the reason this is important is that, number one, it's so important that men are contributing to their um, children's, um, you know, uh, upbringing, right? But also, as women enter work, um, and women are, are in the workplace as much as men are, uh, the distribution then and the and the and the and the weights the the, the sort of um, sharing of those roles should be borne um, equally 
so what has happened in different countries is that there are now parental leave, um, you know, and I know some of, like, you know, in the UN, for instance, uh, a man or a, a woman gets the same amount of parental leave. So if you are a father and you get four months, I'm a mother, I get four months, that's what you get. Um, so that you can actually contribute to, to bringing up and caring for this child and balancing this work because it's a difficult time. Um, and this is something that is growing. And in fact, in some countries, what they've started to do is to say parental leave um, with a minimum amount that each parent has to use. So if, for instance, the, parent, the, the overall parental leave is eight months, each one has to do a minimum of three months. Um, of parental leave. It's a requirement. It's in the law. So what that does is that it starts redistributing how, um, uh, the, you know, this motherhood penalty issue in the world of work. This is a world of work issue. You know, the cultural context is obviously is, is a different one, you know, and the expectations in the family and the expectations in the community. Um, but the truth is that when, when women went, entered the workplace and going into senior positions and women are taking much more leadership, uh, the culture that itself has got to adjust because the woman is not sitting in the household assuming that she can carry on the same old duties in the same way. But we also know that there is what generally happens, even if a woman is at work, um, and as her husband would be or as her partner would be um, for the same amount of time, she generally works an additional um, three to four hours a day when she gets home or from the morning to the evening, whether it's for looking after the children or making the meals or whatever it might be. So in general, and that's what we call unpaid work, um, unpaid care work of women. And so there is, there is a lot of discrimination in, in terms of that structure. Um, but again, ultimately, it's how you and your household are able to organize yourself mm. in a way that is, 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 is really uh, recognizing the contribution of that woman. So I think it's so important that... Um, you know, we, we, we don't equalize on one hand and then not on the other. So, you know, yes, women can be leaders, they can be ministers, they can be CEOs of companies, but on the other hand, you know, they must be laboring in the household at the same level because they're a mother and this is their sort of natural uh, uh, tendency. I mean, you know, in truth, when people say that, you know, we're more naturally domesticated, girl, I am the most hopeless at this, some of these domestic roles. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just not my my, my strongest skill suit. I can do it because I need to do it, but it is not my, my greatest strength. Uh, okay? uh, I, I, love the, I love the fact that you said that because oftentimes... Because it does come to how relationships play themselves out, even at a household level, it's it's you know it, it's very easy for for USSN to talk about it, you know, on the UN platform and on this platform. But but uh, you know the reality is that it could well be a lot harder for somebody to actually implement that in their home, where the expectation is not just from their partner, but even from families. Absolutely. And I mean, this is why we have policies, right? Because the intention is that at minimum, you know, when you enter the world of work, there is, there, you, you know, you're protected, you have, uh, um, you know, rights and access and so on. So that's, that's one thing. The truth about gender equality is that social norms are those, uh, you know, are, are, are the toughest part of the change process. Um, in terms of seeking for gender equality. And so it's taking us a lot of education and training of our own family members to be able to recognize and understand the relevance of this. The thing about culture is that culture 
doesn't just, you know, it is not, um, you know, it's not like a mechanical system where, you know, if you, if you're moving a motor, it moves in a particular way and it can only move in that way. Culture changes. I mean, Kathy, think about it. The, the Zulu nation, men in the Zulu nation circumcised in, in, the, in the 1800s before Shaka Zulu changed that game. Now, can you imagine something as significant as circumcision? I mean, think about how the closer uh, society here think about circumcision. Now, imagine changing that, that every closer man will not be circumcised, right? It's almost unimaginable right now. But the truth of it is, Shaka Zulu took a decision. This is not working for us in the middle of the war, so we are going to stop circumcising. Today, the Zulu nation doesn't circumcise, and it's become a norm. It is accepted as such. So culture changes. Culture is not static. Culture has a function. It has a reason. It, 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 and, it, and it changes as the society evolves. Um, and, and so while there are some, some amazing cultural practices that we have that, um, as, as African people that really help us in the way we bring up children and so on, there's a lot of positives that we have. But there are also some whose time has passed. Because society is different. I am no longer sitting in the house from morning to evening because I have to go out to the workplace and work. So because I have to do that, I have to make the adjustment also in my household, which is why we get help and we get et cetera, et cetera, where we can. So the truth of it is that for those who are struggling to come along, in time, systems will force it. Because they themselves are actually pushing along. And, you know, it's interesting, Kathy, that, um, you know, patriarchy is, is not about men. Patriarchy is a system. And all of us, um, you know, are party to this system. Sis Anne, mm. I'm going to have to interrupt you there. We'll continue the conversation. Anne Gitugu Shongwe is the representative for UN Women in South Africa. I'll also take a couple of your calls on this conversation. 011-714-2006. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're looking at International Equal Pay Day and the conversation around equal pay, you know, for women and why it is that women are still behind, you know, largely behind, as you heard uh, and sis Anne saying earlier, that between, uh, you know, about uh, 30%, you said it was, 30 40% for every yeah, rand, for yeah, every rand yeah. that is spent on a man. So that means that for every rand that a man will be paid, a woman will be paid 60 cents or 70 cents. Why right. do they not it's deserve? Why do they yeah. not deserve to get the same amount, especially if they're doing the same jobs? All right, we've got a couple of voice notes coming through on this particular conversation. Let me take those voice notes and then I will also get uh, Sis Anne to respond. Hi, Katrina. This is Funo in Devon. I tend to disagree with you guys and your guest in the studio because if you look at many homes in today's world now, women are the providers. And then if you look at, uh, at workplaces now, I see some women are earning more than, way more than us, you know. So, yeah, I understand. From the public, we still play that role of being the providers. We are men. Don't get me wrong to say that, Katie. Bye, bye, bye. It's 49 Devin. 
Hello, Kathy. I'm Faith in Eastern Cape. I think, Kathy, it is, it is theoretical to say that the government of South Africa cares for women. That is not true. I know it from me. I was a candidate in 2016. The municipality says it's not ready to absorb me. Even this year, I worked harder for the people, but the men came. They said I'm not the brand that they like. So I'm staying at home. I was paving the way for a man. Thanks, Kathy. Enjoy your day. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your experience there. And, you know, especially if you've been working and making sure that you can prove yourself in a position and just to be overlooked and be made to feel that the reason you're being overlooked is because you're a woman. Uh, says, and your, your response to those voice notes? Well, I think um, on the point, and i sorry I couldn't hear the, 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 the voice very clearly, but from Durban, um, yeah, so there's more and more women who are in more senior positions. Mm-hmm. And there's more and more women, yes, who are providers. I mean, South Africa is a country that has over 60% of households who are led by women, right? So there are many women who are the providers. That's true. The, the, the point about equal pay is that even though the woman is in the role, um, uh, it is about her pay for work of equal value. So if she is the you know, operations manager or the finance manager, right, if you look across the board, across the world, the, the, a woman finance manager in the same job, um, um, in the same company with a man finance manager, the man will generally earn more. So this is not about them, many women being you know, more senior than you, this is about the value in an equal position. Um, and so, you know, and, and very often that's not information that is, ex- that is, that is disclosed. Mm. You know, you would have to dig around to really see what people's uh, pay slips are and they make it all secret and you're not sort of exposed to that information. But the data we have is that if you have a woman CEO of a big company and you have had previously a man CEO of that company, if you look at their earnings, the woman will generally be earning between 60 and 70 percent of what that man earned. That's what the um, equal pay of work of equal value is about. So it's not about the fact that women are the provider are providing wherever they they are. It's that their value is not uh, equal to the work that they do. And unfortunately, we're seeing this even in listed companies. The, the yeah. practice, uh, you know, so it's not even just an issue that it's taking place on a small scale level uh, within corporate or even the public sector, but we're seeing it at the highest level in business. I mean, you see, this, this is why I started out by describing for you what are the underlying assumptions and discriminatory practices that have not been undone to mm-hmm. then change the culture. So if already you're coming in at a lower level, if already you're coming in with your old salary slip, if you're already mm-hmm. coming in um, with the, uh, uh, the assumption that, you know, women are supposed to be the, the, the supplementing men's salaries, then all of that influences HR practice in general. And you would have to have 
um, a real deliberate you know, leader in that organization who says, I will ensure that there is equal pay in this organization. And because that doesn't happen, when, when, when the research has been done, and they, they, the World, um, Women's Development Bank, WDB, did a study last year, and that study confirmed for South Africa, they went from company to company, including JSE companies, and they found that many companies continue to have this discriminatory practice. Um, you know, it's interesting that in, in, in Iceland, the, the president of Iceland, who is a he for she global leader, took the decision that this is such a problematic issue that it will become criminal offense, <laughs> right? Mm. Illegal mm. for companies to discriminate on the basis of, of pay. And so as of 2022, any company found to do that can actually really be, be, be in trouble. You know, um, uh, because this is an, an illegal practice now. It's sad that that's what it's had to come down to because, uh, you know, you think about many other countries who perhaps are not necessarily in the financial position of making such decisions because they're just so desperate to have, you know, that those businesses in their countries, that even the idea of implementing such a law and the threat of those businesses leaving becomes much greater than fighting for equity. Yeah, and I think the, the you know, there are practices globally, like I shared with the Iceland one, the UK, mm. who are really compelling companies to to provide the kind of data and to gain certification that that company is pushing for equal pay. And without this kind of uh, process, then you're unable to, to, to gauge whether or not there's real change in that company. One of the things that we do at UN Women, many companies, and we have 90-plus companies in South Africa who are signatories of what we call the Women Empowerment Principles. And these are principles that, that are about non-discriminatory practice in the world of work that mm. include this unequal pay, but also violence and harassment in the world of work, you know, gender parity in terms of how many women can uh, versus men on boards and in leadership positions. We do an audit of these companies, and the audit has showed up exactly what those discriminatory practices are. And what it does is that it gives information to companies who are living sort of in the belief that they've done a great job. And um, they learn with shock. All of them are shocked when their data emerges and turns out that they actually um, are being discriminatory. Mm. But let me just share one which has been hugely controversial. And that's the one between Banyana Banyana and Bafana Bafana. Mm. You know that story, yes, right? Yes. Where Bafana Bafana players are earning 10 times more than Banyana Banyana players. Mm. But guess who wins the matches? <laughs> right? And so this is one, and we've been pushing and saying, why? And we had a conversation, interesting conversation the other day with the, 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 the head of FIFA now, who's a woman. And we're asking us, why is there discrimination even in, the, in sports? Mm. Um, and she was saying that, that this is because of, the, of, the, of the, 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 the sponsors. Because the sponsors, you know, the men, their name is bigger, they're on TV, they're better known. And so the, the sponsors tend to sponsor them more. But you see, this is why we have had to, as you and women, go into work with the Stereotype Alliance, where we go into companies like that, so that we're looking at advertising and sponsorship and challenging them to rethink 
the way in which they are actually pushing for discriminatory practice. Sure. So, you know. Yeah. Sis, and it seems to all come down to the, the will actually within, you know, our businesses and corporate spaces to actually just do the right thing. We're completely out of time for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. And Gitugu Shongwe is a representative of UN Women South Africa multi-country office. It's a minute after 11 and Musa is standing by with your latest news.